Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Let's thank our team this morning for leading us out. Incredible, incredible job this morning. I want to welcome you to Connect Church. Thank you uh, so much for being here, for taking time on a Sunday morning to uh, and to come and worship with us as we uh, as we do our best to make much of Jesus in song and in preaching and in serving in the life of the church today and just want to say welcome as we do everything we can to connect everybody we can with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to say this too, uh, this afternoon is a, uh, an annual event that we do here at Connect Church that we absolutely love. It's our, our barbecue and baptism and, and over 500 of you have registered to come and be a part and today it looks like we're baptizing 40 people who are taking their next step of faith in Jesus, which is, and I'm going to tell you, it's pretty exciting. If you've not registered, you could do that at infocc.org. That's the only way you get the address there. And uh, But man, we are so excited. And speaking of baptisms, I, I got to share with you one of my baptism fails in ministry. I've had the chance to baptize a lot of people. And uh, I was in Charlotte serving at our church there, the church we were at, before we came back home and planted Connect Church. And uh, I, I was in the sanctuary. They have one of those, you know, hot tub baptismals up in the, the choir loft area. And, and I had a teenage girl I was baptizing. I love this young lady. Um, and she got down in the baptismal waters. Um, you know, she she's pretty good size. And we got her down the water and, and we sat her down that little chair inside the baptismal, that little block there. And, and uh, it was ready in time for me to baptize her. I made sure she had placed her faith and trust in Jesus. She said yes. And I realized that things looked a little bit smaller in that baptismal tub. But I thought, you know what? I got this. We, we can do it. And right in front of the whole church, it was on TV and and I said, listen, are you sure you place your faith and trust in Jesus? He said, yes. I said, based upon your profession of faith in Jesus, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism. Bam! And listen, a knock reverberated through the entire church. And in my heart, I went, no, no, no. And then... She rolled sideways down into the water, and I went, I killed her. I mean, listen, I, my, here I'm, what a good way to go. I mean, what a great way for her to see Jesus through the waters of baptism, but I thought I'd killed her. And so I, I caught her out of there, and, and when she regained consciousness, she was great with it. And anyway, hey, we've got a big river today, and so I don't want you to worry about any of that. All right, we're going to make sure uh, that we help you take your next step. And I want to say this. If you need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, it's not too late to sign up today. And we would love the honor and the privilege of helping you take your next step of faith by following the Lord through believer's baptism uh, today. So we look forward to seeing you guys this afternoon down by the river. Uh, for the past few weeks, we have camped out with Jesus in the Gospel of John chapter 10. We've camped out with our, our good shepherd uh, for three weeks now. I have challenged you with the same admonition to listen to his voice, to follow your shepherd. Today I had planned on leaving John chapter 10 for the great side service of Lazarus in John chapter 11. But there's been a verse that has been bothering me really in all the right ways. 
This verse has been bothering me really for a few weeks now. It's a verse I can't really get away from. And so I must preach it today despite my preaching calendar. And so out of this one text today in John chapter 10, there is one question that has just plagued me. And that is this. What about the other sheep? What about the other sheep? For weeks now, we have been exploring and and celebrating Jesus' role as our good shepherd. How we as his sheep, we listen to his voice. We know his voice and we, we follow him. But what about the sheep who don't know his voice? What about the sheep who have yet to listen to his voice and by faith follow him? Well, remember the context of John chapter 10. Jesus is speaking with Jewish religious leaders who are mad at him because he had the audacity to heal a blind man back in John chapter 9. And so we find our text today, one text in which we'll preach, sandwiched in between really two incredible statements of Jesus. So in your Bibles, in John chapter 10, we find ourselves in verse 14. We've already studied verse 14. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And here's the verse I really just can't get over. I have other sheep, Jesus said, that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. And he says, they too will listen to my voice. And I love this. This is the beautiful picture of the church that is to come. And they shall be one flock and have one shepherd. That's the beautiful picture of the church, that we are one flock, church worldwide. One of the things we did as a staff this morning, and we do most every Sunday morning, is just pray for all the churches in our community for God to move. Why? Because we are one flock who has one shepherd. Every pastor in this community, you ready? We all work for the same boss. One shepherd. We're all on the same team. In hopes today that the gospel would change hearts and lives. And Jesus goes on, the reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life in a picture, not only the cross and the resurrection, but only to take it up again. I want to make the argument today that John 10, 16 is really one of the greatest mission statements in all of the gospel of John. It's the great missionary text of the gospel of John. And so today we take some time to discover why that is. And the first question is really, who are these other sheep Jesus is after in verse 16? Who are these other sheep that Jesus is after? I am that sheep. If you've listened to his voice and you follow him, you are that sheep. We are the sheep spoken of in verse number 16. These are, these are lost sheep, according to Luke chapter 15, who will one day listen to Jesus' voice and follow him by faith. And guys, I have, I have done that. Many of you have done that. These are sheep that even lie outside of Israel, not of this pen, Jesus says, but they lie outside of Israel and even outside those of Jewish faith. They are sheep. They are people known as, as Gentiles. You see, there's two types of people in the biblical world. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. Jews were those who were from the line, the lineage, the family tree of Abraham. And Gentiles really were everybody else in the world who were not Jewish by birth. 
But here's the good news of John chapter 10, verse 16. Jesus isn't just the Messiah of the Jewish people, but he is the Savior of the entire world. Consider what Paul writes here. I love this in Ephesians 3, 6. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, and, and by the way, that's most of us in here, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Remember that one flock and one shepherd? Members together of one body and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. In fact, we realize Paul's calling was to, watch this, you ready? To preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And you say, well, what are these unsearchable riches of Christ? You ready? The gospel. The gospel. And you might say right now, what do you mean by the gospel? What is the gospel? I love this from a ministry called Dare to Share. It's an evangelism training ministry. I've actually got it on a resource that I'm going to point you to at the end of service. But here's how they summed up the gospel. Using an acrostic for the word gospel. And here's what they say. You ready? The gospel is simply this G, that God created us to be with him. Watch this on the O. You ready? That our sin separates us from God. And the S says this, sins cannot be removed by good deeds. And I love this one. You ready? Paying the price for sin, it's like a rhyme. Jesus died and rose again. I love this for the E. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. And I love the L. You ready? Life with Jesus starts now, and watch this, and lasts forever. Isn't that a that's just a good way to share and to understand uh, the gospel. Hey, by the way, I'm fixing to switch slides. So uh, let me tell you a really quick way. When I have a large slide like this that you want, just take your phone and snap a picture of it. Or uh, you can go back and you can watch it online. But I love this definition of the gospel using the word gospel. And I especially love in John chapter 10, verse 16, where Jesus makes this statement. You ready? I must bring them also. I must bring them also. Jesus' must has to be our mission. Jesus' must here in John 10, 16 has to be our mission. It has to be our mission to bring his other sheep, these lost sheep, to Jesus. Because here's what we remember about our shepherds. You ready? That our shepherd is the one who has saved us and also the very shepherd who sends us after lost sheep. I was reading an article in Desiring God and adapted a little bit of this here. But we see this history alive even in the past couple of hundred years, just as the early American Puritans were settling into New England, Jesus would say to John Eliot, I have other sheep that are not of this Puritan fold among the Algonquin Indians. And a hundred years later, to David Bernard, where he said this, I have other sheep that are not of this congregational fold among the Susquehanna Indians. And so Jesus would send John and David after his other sheep. And just when the Baptists of England seemed comfortable in their churches, Jesus spoke to William Carey, I have other sheep that are not of this English fold in India. And so Jesus sent William Carey into India after his sheep, his other sheep, his lost sheep. Just when mission agencies and churches were growing content with coastland successes around the world, Jesus said to Hudson Taylor, to Lottie Moon, I have other sheep that are not of this coastal fold in the middle of China. And to David Livingston, in the middle of Africa, 
And so Jesus sent Hudson and Lottie and David to his, and after his other sheep, his lost sheep. And just when Western Christendom began to feel content in the 20th century that every country of the world had been penetrated with the gospel, Jesus came to Cameron Townsend, the founder of Wycliffe Bible Translators, and said, I have other sheep that are not of this visible worldwide fold among the hidden people, the hidden tribes, thousands of which do not have even a portion of Scripture in their language. Jesus sent Cameron those tribal people after his other sheep, his lost sheep. And just when many churches in America seemed content to keep the gospel within its shores, Jesus came to Jim and Elizabeth Elliot saying, I have other sheep that are not of this fold among the Aka tribe in Ecuador. And so Jesus, our good shepherd, sent Jim and his precious wife Elizabeth after his other sheep, after lost sheep. You see, all throughout history, Jesus has sent his sheep. Those of us who listen to his voice and follow him, sheep like you and me, after his other sheep, lost sheep that are scattered all throughout our neighborhoods and the very nations. In fact, Jesus sent someone to your nation. Jesus sent someone to our neighborhood with the gospel. How do you think the gospel got to you and me here in America? You know, it's simple. A tent maker halfway around the world said yes to the calling of every believer to go after Jesus' other sheep and his lost sheep with the gospel. You see, he was a tent maker, history tells us, who was dead set to take the gospel further into Asia in the first century. We find that the Holy Spirit would prevent him from doing so in Acts chapter 16. You see, Jesus had other sheep in Macedonia that needed the gospel at that moment. And so this tent maker would have this supernatural dream and vision. In Acts chapter 16, the Bible says, during that night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia, present-day Greece. Come over to Macedonia and help us. You know what? He did just that. Paul went after Jesus' other sheep, his lost sheep. And it's there in Acts chapter 16 that we find that a woman by the name of Lydia was saved. There again we find the deliverance of a fortune-telling slave girl. Paul and Silas, we find their imprisonment in Philippi, which led to the salvation of a jailer and his entire household. And these are just a few of the other sheep that Jesus sent Paul after with the gospel. Consider this. Up until this point in Acts, the gospel had been limited to Asia. It would have been through Paul's obedience to taking the gospel to these other sheep in Macedonia that we would see the gospel spread into Europe and into the Western world. In fact, the events that has gotten the gospel to so many of us today that happened in this room was because Paul would say yes to taking the gospel to Macedonia. You, if you're in Christ today, you're under the sound of the gospel today, 
You are so because the gospel came in the mouths of the Europeans who invested the gospel in their children and their grandchildren and they brought, brought the gospel to the new world. Hey, you ready? I want to make this statement. Hey, thank God Paul nor any of the other believers in Europe let the gospel stop with them. Can I ask you something? Has the gospel stopped with you? Has the gospel stopped with you, with me? Are you and I hoarding the gospel? Meaning, you're so thankful, you and I are thankful someone shared the gospel with us. And yet we stand refusing to take the gospel to someone else. Man, refusing to take the gospel to other sheep, other people, lost sheep and lost people. You know, Barna Research Group will tell us this, that nine out of ten of us in this room will never share the gospel, have a gospel conversation with one of these other sheep or with the lost sheep. That we'll never have a time where we invite somebody, we share the gospel, and we invite somebody to follow Jesus. You may say, Anthony, what is a gospel conversation? Simply this, it is a conversation that you have with someone where you share the gospel and you invite them to follow Jesus. Nine out of ten of us will never have that type of conversation. I'm going to tell you something, Connect Church. It is time we buck that trend that we don't become part of that statistic. Some of you say, listen, that's just a stat. Man, I don't believe a stat. Nine out of ten of us. Then let me ask you this. When was the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? Let me prove that stat to be true. When was the last time that you had a gospel conversation with someone? And right now, all across this room, we are proving that stat to be true. When was the last time you had a gospel conversation? Hey, has the gospel stopped with you? Remember this about the gospel. The gospel is good news in a world that is filled with bad news. But the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. But let me share with you some bad news coming out of the church, especially in America, where both studies and experience shows that believers are not sharing the gospel. And that the gospel is not getting out to our neighbors, our neighborhoods. It's not getting to the nations like it should because somewhere along the way, we have made the conscious choice to let the gospel stop with us. Let me ask you this, believer. Since when has the Great Commission become an option for the believer, for you and for me? But listen to Jesus' words. After he resurrected from the grave, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always the very end of the age. Hey, can I remind you something about this great commission? That sharing the gospel is not an option for the believer. It's a matter of obedience. It's a command, not a suggestion. Now, I would argue this, that there is no Christian under the sound of my voice that has the right to say no 
to sharing the gospel. It has the right in Christ to let the gospel stop with them. No matter the excuses, no matter the challenges, no matter sometimes the insecurities and the fear we may have. Can I remind you what 1 Corinthians 6.20 says? That you and I were not our own, that we have been bought at a price. And no believer has the right to let the gospel stop with them. And so from that, from John 16, I have two simple challenges. Number one, it's time we get it, church. It's time we get it. You say, well, get what? It's time that we get that the very same God who saved you is the very same God who has sent you, the very same God who sends you. Don't let the gospel stop with you. We must get that the reason that we're in our marriages, the reason we have the children we have, the grandchildren we have, the reason why we work where we work, we go to school where we go to school, the reason why we have the friends that we have, the reason why our lives have been planted in Sevier County right now is so that you and I can listen to the shepherd's voice, we can follow him, and we can go after his lost sheep with the gospel. It's time that we get he has sent you, and he has sent me. Hey, can I remind you of Jesus' words? Shortly before his ascension into heaven, his going back to the Father after his resurrection, and watch what he says here, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We are to live sent, going after lost sheep. Hey, maybe, just maybe, here's part of what we've got to get, church. And that is this. Sharing the gospel isn't just for somebody else, somewhere else, but for you and for me and for every believer. Listen to this in 2 Corinthians. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We speak on his behalf. We go in his authority as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled with God. Church, we are ambassadors speaking on behalf of our king. We are not imposters, so it's time we start acting like ambassadors. His mouthpiece, as God is making his appeal through us, that all men and women and boys and girls ought to come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. It's time that we get it. And it's time that we get with it. Not a whole lot of creativity. By the way, heard this from my mom and dad my whole life growing up, right? It's time that we get it. And it's time that we get with it. It is time for the church. And remember, I'm not talking about a pastor and his staff and a congregation. Listen, it's time that the church, we're not talking about a building, but the body, not a program, but the people, not an organization, but an organism made alive in Jesus Christ. It is time that as a church, we go after lost sheep scattered from our neighborhoods to the very nation. jotted this out this week. Can I ask you a question? Can a lifeguard sit idle if she hears a person's drowning 
cry? Can a doctor sit comfortably by and let his patient die without doing anything? Can an officer ignore the cries of a victim whose life hangs in the balance in the hands of a criminal and take no action? Can a fireman sit idle and let a man burn alive and give him no help? And how is it that we can sit comfortable in church while so many stand condemned in their sin, staring down a godless hell for eternity and do nothing? And do absolutely nothing. Charles Spurgeon once said this, it is the whole business of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. You gotta hear me. The health of Connect Church is not how many are attending. It's rather how many we are sending out every week after lost sheep. Understanding it's not our job to do the saving. It's our job to do the sharing. Spurgeon would also say this, and I love this. If sinners be damned, At least let them leap to hell over our bodies. If they will perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees. Let no one go there unwarned and unprayed for. It's time we get with it, church. It's time we go after those other sheep, those lost sheep, with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Jesus is must in John 10, 16, has to be our mission. We must be compelled by the conviction that it is our job, that it's the job of every believer to go after lost sheep. Not just some of us, but all of us. David Platt once said this, that every saved person this side of heaven owes the gospel to every lost person this side of hell. If you are in Christ today, you owe the gospel to everyone who is not in Christ. Jesus is must, has to be our mission. And it's time that as a church we have gospel conversation. We've been together as a church for going on five years at the end of September. Hundreds of messages. Hundreds of you are sent at the end of the service. And I stand here today wondering why still most of Sevier County's lost. And we're just one church. Just one church. It's time that we have gospel conversations. The gospel cannot stop with us. I love doing this in a gospel conversation. I love going around the the rim of someone's life as I build a relationship with them and finding the cracks and the broken places around the rim of their life and there rejecting the gospel, the good news, of taking testimony of what Christ has done in me, scriptures I've I've memorized for those moments that I get a chance to to talk with someone about the gospel and who he is. I love having gospel conversations. And that is the way that the gospel can continue in and through us. Every sermon I preach at Connect Church I've ended with, you are sent. Not a tagline. It's a reminder that Jesus' must has to be our mission. That if together we make absolutely no difference 
outside of these walls, in our homes, in our community, around the world for the gospel, that, man, we're not part of any of that. The guys, as I've said before, man, we ought to just shut this down. We ought to go to Shoney's on Sunday mornings, have a good buffet, and get on to better things. If that's not the mission and life of this church, the gospel cannot stop with us. Anthony, how do I have these gospel conversations? Well, uh, this week, Zach and I worked on putting together some resources for you. Anthony, spoon feed me today how to share the gospel. No, you feed yourself. And here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Go to infocc.org. This is our, our homepage right here. You go from there, and you click on, you go down to resources, and you click on Bible study tools. What we've done here is we've prepared a ton of evangelists, and that means sharing the gospel, a ton of resources for you to learn how it is, and how do we share the gospel, and how do we honor God in doing so. I mean, I encourage you to go there. And in fact, here's a QR link if you want to take a picture of that with your phone. And that means that you just kind of hold your, like you're taking a picture in a box of pot, and you click it, and, and you could do it that way. That's the link to the website there. And also this, I'm going to ask you to do something. In fact, I, I'm going to challenge you to do something, and that is to have a, a gospel conversation. Here's what we, we want you to do. That QR link, that's how you share your story. Oh, Anthony, who said anything about me having a, a gospel conversation this week? You ready? And I'm your pastor, and I am challenging you. Better yet, Jesus is your Savior and your shepherd, and he is sending you to have gospel conversations this week in somebody's life. You ready? Let me just, let me put it all out there. I triple dog dare you to have a gospel conversation with somebody this week. But if you, I, I just, man, go, go to the resources. Talk with someone about it. Invite them to follow Jesus. Well, what if they say Yes. Man, lead them in a prayer like I do every Sunday with hundreds of you. Invite them to follow Jesus. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill, in his book, Why Revival Tarries, he tells the story, the true story of Charles Pace, a notorious criminal in England who was executed on February 25th, 1879. Uh, just before he was to take his walk to the execution his own execution an Anglican minister came in a chaplain half-heartedly with no passion and no compassion he shared with him from the consolations of religion a message to those who would be executed and he read this half-heartedly that those who die without Christ experience hell which is the pain of forever dying without the release with release which death itself can bring and listen, this lost man who was fixing to step out into eternity, executed for his crimes against humanity, became angry at the minister. He stopped that chaplain and said this, Sir, if I believed what you and the church of God say that you believe, even if England were covered with broken glass from coast to coast, I would walk over it, if need be, on hands and knees and think it worthwhile living just to save one soul from an eternal hell like that. 
Isn't it amazing that a lost man seems to have more passion for the gospel than we do? I'm not asking you to crawl on your hands and knees over broken glass. I'm asking you to have the conversation with your family member that you're not certain to Christ. I'm not asking necessarily even today to go coast to coast. How about across the street? Tell someone how good Jesus has been to you and invite him to, invite them to follow him. I'm asking you to go into your businesses and your, your schoolyards and your place of business. I, I'm asking you just to go there as a shining light and go around the, the rim of somebody's life and find the broken place and the crack there and interject the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got a call yesterday from one of my neighbors, a precious neighbor in my neighborhood. Her husband's in bad shape, and he'll, he'll die soon. It's amazing to me how even when I go to preach a message, God gives me an opportunity the very same week. And the ask from her was just to come over, to do my pastor thing, to pray with him. Share the gospel. I'm not asking you necessarily go coast to coast. How about across the street? For some, it's to go coast to coast, isn't it? It's to go into all the world with the good news. Why? Because his other sheep, his lost sheep, are scattered all throughout this world. And our good shepherd sends us to them. It is time that we step up, that we stand up, and that we speak up the gospel from our neighborhood to the very nations. Hey church, don't let the gospel stop with you. Jesus is must in John 10, 16 has to be our mission. Don't let the gospel stop. Let's pray together, can we? Some of y'all are like, did you have a bad week? You mad at us, bro? And I'm not. This is the message I preach to you today is what the Lord has been wearing me out on this week. And I couldn't just pass it up and I couldn't just leave it. Every Sunday morning ought to be one of the greatest sending moments in the life of our church. A moment that we send you out with the gospel and the good news to a world filled with bad news. In order that we can make a difference in the life of these other sheep Jesus speaks of, these lost sheep of his. And I'm going to tell you something from the youngest of us in here. There, there is no sweeter gospel message than that which comes out of the mouth of children. And I've seen it and I've heard it and I just love it. From the youngest of us to the oldest of us, every person in here in Christ has the ability and the calling to have these gospel conversations, to share the gospel with these other sheep and these lost sheep. And so here's, here's what I want to do. 
Who is it in your family, in your home, in your neighborhood, where you work, where you go to school, where you shop, the park at which you go and play? Who is somebody that you are not certain is in Christ? In fact, as you look into their life, there's no evidence of Jesus there. You ready? I want you to picture them in your mind's eye right now. See their face? Maybe you know their name. Who is it? You see them? And I want to challenge you, believer, right now to pray for them. And as you pray for them, I, I want you, believer, right now to pray that God would open the door for you to have a gospel conversation with them. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.